Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Happy Easter, everyone. On today's show, we will have Bishop Donald DeGrood in the studio to talk about Easter. So stick around for that. It's always fun to have Bishop DeGrood here. So we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. I almost forgot your name for like two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, who are you sitting across from me? But that's okay, because before we start recording, Bill said, hey, you, to uh, me, so I guess this must yes. be the... Uh... But it's okay, because, so, we'll, we'll let everybody know, so it's okay if Bill does that, because this is his last episode Yes, it is. Catholic Yes, views. it is. You know what's really, what's interesting about this, actually? So I, I, I looked to last year's Biblical Bites for Easter, because I was just like, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure I don't <laughs> talk about thing. the same thing. <laughs> And last biblical last year for Easter's episode of Biblical Bites, we welcomed Bill back. Bill had been under the weather. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and and that was his first episode back after a couple weeks wow. off. And now, a liturgical year later, right. this is his last appearance. So I'm really looking forward Seven. to seeing what happens with Bill next, next year, year on Biblical Bites. <laughs> we may not know. know. We'll just bring him I mean, in as a Easter guest. Time. Maybe that's what it's going <laughs> to be. Can I call in? Can, yes. I can call in. You can call in. First time caller, first time Here's, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Seely back from the dead right. for Easter. <laughs> so, right. so we are really sad that Bill's leaving us, but uh, he will be missed. And I guess his replacement, Casey, will be here next weekend. We'll let him work in to the whole job of producer first before right. we make him make comments. That's, on that's right. ready for them bus tire marks to go right over to your back. <laughs> Whatever. That's what I do to her, not to you. Yes. True. That's very true. Okay. So, Bill, we'll miss you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for being here. I will here. miss you all, too. Yeah. That's the first time he said that. I, I almost I believed it. It's the Easter and now, joy. And now it's, it's the <laughs> now it's recorded, too. It's I can't yeah, even take it back. You can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's Easter Sunday, um, and, and the gospel for Easter Sunday, Renee, is from John, but many of us will probably hear Luke's account because uh, that's what's read uh, at the Easter Vigil. And most priests, it's easier just to prepare one homily uh, than two. Uh, so sure. I, I want to look at actually, so the, the Luke's account of the resurrection, just a couple little details okay. um, for for this episode. Um, so the gospel begins, at daybreak on the first day of the week, the women who had come from Galilee with Jesus took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They were puzzling. People with dazzling garments, blah, blah, blah. So we'll come back to that maybe. <laughs> with reverence. We, that's with nice. With reverence. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so but I want to give a little bit of the context. So that's the beginning of chapter 24 in Luke's gospel. Mm -hmm. So if we back up briefly, the end of uh, chapter 23 in Luke's gospel, uh, Jesus taken down from the cross. It, this is verse 54, uh, chapter 23, verse 54. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. So as we know, the timeline here, Jesus died on Friday. Mm -hmm. Call it Good Friday right. now. Um, Jesus died on Friday, but the because Saturday is the Sabbath, mm -hmm. they didn't do the normal uh, preparation of the body right. because the Sabbath begins Friday night. Right. So they, they're planning, okay, we'll go back to the tomb on Sunday morning to do the things that we, the rituals around preparing the body with the spices and so on. Um, this is just, uh, people sometimes, we don't think about this because it's so commonplace. The Sabbath was Saturday, but we celebrate Sunday. Mm -hmm. Why? 
reminds us the day the Lord rose. Because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. So the the gospel reading begins as as chapter twenty verse one tells us it's the first day of the week. So why why do we as Christians observe instead of observe Saturday as sort of our holy day? Why Sunday? Why do we call it the new Sabbath, mm-hmm. if if you will? Um, it's the first day of the week. It's not the seventh. Um, if you go back to Genesis, the Lord rested on the seventh day, right? right? But why do we observe uh, Sunday instead of Saturday? Because it's the Lord's day, aka the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's just worth realizing, right. if you will, right. that that's why. So just a couple other little things. Um, I think we talked about this last week. Do you remember, Renee, uh, what we talked about with the, 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 the donkey that the two disciples... <laughs> Um, I have such a bad memory. I'm kind of scared. Why am I saying that? <laughs> so we, 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 last, last week, Palm Sunday, we looked at Jesus sending through disciples to uh, get a donkey for oh, him yeah, to yeah. ride into. I thought it was a colt. It was a colt. Sorry, colt. Thank you. Uh, Good the, job, Bill. the foal of a donkey. Oh. <laughs> it was a donkey. Okay. Yeah. A donkey colt? Yeah, a donkey colt. <laughs> Focus, Renee. We have limited time. I, I'm what do we know about that donkey <laughs> Cold. It had never been sat upon. Right. So Jesus is laid in a tomb that had never, never been, been laid in. in as well. And the last little detail, um, who who goes to the tomb? The women. Right. And they are the first witnesses to, they didn't see the resurrection, but they're first witnesses to the reality of the resurrection. And they are the run, ones who run back to the guys. Hey guys, guess what? And of course, like all men, there's like, spouses, but like, whatever. So literally... <laughs> Um, it seemed like nonsense to them, but Peter wonders what happened. Yep. Happy Easter, everyone. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. In the studio with me today is always a special treat. Bishop Donald DeGrood is here. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you. It's fun he, to be back. Yep. He has come in to talk to us on Easter Sunday. Thanks We're going to talk about Easter. I don't think we've had you here on Easter yet. I looked back. I think it was Father Eckrich last year. Ah, that might be very well. So I don't know if we've right. taken a step up or a step down this year. What do well, you think? Well, definitely down. <laughs> you just ask the listeners. They can tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you were able to come in and and share some of your Easter experiences. And we're just going to talk a little bit about Easter in general. So Great. good to have you here. Thank you. All right. So let's start with, this seems like a weird question, but I really wanted to ask this because um, everybody has their own kind of feeling about Easter. Mm. So how do you feel about Easter personally? What is, what does it mean for you? Well, I would actually start on the natural level, okay. meaning uh, spring is my favorite time of the year. Okay. And so you grew up on a farm. So that makes I grew up sense. on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> spring means summer's coming mm-hmm. and all the fun stuff, yep. right? Out of school, all those kinds of things. Yep. So I would say that for me, both Easter is tied in with the natural consolations of spring, all the new life. And of course, uh, the meaning of Easter season is new life. Mm-hmm. Jesus' resurrection from the dead and all the new life that he brings to us through that. So my feelings around uh, Easter specifically are so tied to hope mm-hmm. and uh, what's new, new life that's going to come and tied in with on the farm, of course, you know, it's planting season mm-hmm. and then you get to start to see the stuff coming up and you start to see the growth, the beautiful rains mm-hmm. and knowing that uh, school will soon be out and we can't wait, especially when it's warm. So a lot of newness of life right. 
when I think of Easter, when I think of the springtime, that naturally coincides with it. Right, right. Okay, so what does it mean for us that God sent Jesus to die mm-hmm. for us? So when I think of it, it's it ties back to me really the whole thing of God, the nature of God's love, mm-hmm. which uh, is commonly called charity. Right. So the word charity in its purest sense actually seeks the good of the other. Mm-hmm. So what we see in God creating us is that we could share in his life, not because he needed it, right? but that we get to share. He invites us into that gift. Jesus sacrificed on the cross, dying for our sins, not for his sake. He didn't need to do that. He didn't sin. Mm-mm. He did it out of charity, out of love for us. So because of our weakness and we give in to sins, things that are not of God, he came to pay the price for that. So his sacrificial, his charity is so great that he laid down his life and love to redeem us, so mm-hmm. to save us from our sins. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, when he leaves the earth, he sends the Holy Spirit, the third person of the right. Trinity, to always keep us animated with new life. Right. So Easter is new life. And so what it literally means is, and we see it even in the sacramental life of the church, this is when so often we celebrate our first communions. Mm-hmm. Often it's a heavy confirmation season. It uh, can be over the summer months, certainly marriages, right? Mm-hmm. And all the beautiful sacramental life that comes alive. So what it means is it takes the the ordinariness of our humanity and even the brokenness of our humanity and um, saves us from our brokenness and gives us supernatural capacities through the supernatural graces that God gives us. So those graces can come uh, certainly by supernatural virtues. Mm-hmm. And supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit and other types of actual and sanctifying grace. God restores us, like in baptism, Mm -hmm. from sin. So it's really taking something very human and ordinary, even if it's really broken because of sin, and saying, hey, I can bring not only this ordinary thing, but I can take this broken thing and I can restore it and actually make it holy. Right. Elevate it. Yeah. Elevate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Elevate it. It's a good word. Yeah. So you've t- you've said a couple of words that really um, strike me: restore and newness and hope, and all of those things. Mm. I feel like okay. So Jesus did this, and then he commissions us to go out and do it uh, too. Yes. But there's this this newness, this hope. It sounds to me when you look at those two things together that this is very connected to the diocesan vision. Ah. Uh. That Easter is kind of because there's this newness where yep. we have to go out. So can you talk to that? Talk about that a little bit, Yeah, how those might be connected? Yeah, what's rattling in my brain right now as you're saying that is a couple things. So first of all, in the sacramental grace that God gives us, and for example, if we've been confirmed, we already have the graces of the gifts of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in a particular way that were first received in baptism and then strengthened in confirmation. It's reminding me of Pentecost. Right. Because at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes down upon the apostles, before then, they were afraid. Mm -hmm. They were locked behind closed doors for fear that they might end up like Jesus. Right. Right? But once they receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, those things so empower them that they're able to overcome their human fears, Mm -hmm. their natural fears. And then they go out and they share the good news, the reality of what God is in our life when we let God fully into our lives. Mm -hmm. And so the Easter season, which also includes Pentecost, Mm -hmm. is that beautiful time where we are called to be filled with the power of God, 
that helps us rise above our limits and then to go out and to share that. Mm -hmm. So if we tie it to the Dyson vision. Which is? Which is, do you remember? Let <laughs> me remember. test you. you let, let me hear it. Lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. Perfect. Yeah. So all of our life, we're receiving the graces of God and learning hopefully more and more about God. And then, so lifelong Catholic, meaning all as Jesus, as God has taught us, we know from scripture and the tradition of how that was lived out, uh, Jesus made so clear uh, in, in his coming. So lifelong Catholic missionary means we go out. So just like I was sharing earlier about how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit just don't keep all the goodness to themselves. Right, they right. do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. They're going out sharing that life, that newness, that freshness of love, which seeks the good of the other. Mm -hmm. But it's also receiving the love from the other. So the whole point of newness of life and hope and all that stuff is God fills us with all these supernatural virtues, supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. And what that does is it animates us with his life. And so then it's his life flowing through us mm -hmm. as we share the good news with others. Mm -hmm. So when we overcome the fear of awkwardness, of you know interacting with people that maybe it's like, oh, I don't know if we talk about faith things, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but it's like, no, all of a sudden, like the apostles, they were afraid too. But no, by the grace of God, we overcome that. We mm -hmm. don't focus on ourselves. We say, how can I help this soul on the way to heaven? Mm -hmm. How can I share the good news, the difference God has made in my life? Right. How can I share with somebody else, man, the great impact when I just opened my heart and surrendered my fears to God, mm -hmm. or I turned things over to God in a new way in my life, and all of a sudden I'm not carrying the weight of the world? Mm -hmm. However that practically comes, um, or sharing resources, good Catholic resources right. they find, and sharing it with their friends and family, co-workers, whatever it is. So it's that missionary uh, discipleship, meaning just following the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when the Lord comes to us like he does uh, at Easter, in a very tangible way through the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing us alive, animating us, uh, then what do we want to do? We want to go out. And that's what it means through God's love, right. is we receive that charity and charity, by its very nature, impels us to go outwardly and to share the good news. Right, right. So, yes, I, I, your, your point is tied. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the other thing I did is I asked uh, some people in the office here uh -oh. what they would want to know from the bishop um, about Easter. And one of the questions that came up was um, wondering what the significance of Jesus retaining his wounds after the resurrection. Mm -hmm. So... What we remember about we need to remember about Jesus, of course, is that he's both divine, so he's a pure spiritual being, right? Mm -hmm. Second person of the Trinity, Trinity. But we also know that um, he took on flesh, which of course is the nativity, and so he has a human body, right. so he can relate to us and experience things like his suffering, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as part of the whole laying down his life and love. Those are the body, the soul and the body for us as humans. That's part of what makes us holistic, right? So we both have a spiritual aspect to us mm -hmm. and we have a very human aspect, the body. Mm -hmm. So with the body of Jesus, the actual wounds were reality, right? Okay. So that's why in the hands, the side, as we know from scripture, the feet are so very clear. So in the resurrection, uh, what's so important is it's the resurrection of the body, mm -hmm. right? So it's, uh, but it's as it actually is. Right. So with the wounds, and we can see how even impactful how God uses those, for example, when he returns to the apostles mm -hmm. at first, right? There's fear they don't know who he is, and then they see his wounds. Right. 
right? And then, of course, doubting Thomas, the story, <laughs> when Thomas wasn't with the apostles the first time, and they didn't believe that Jesus, re- that he rose from the dead, that he returned to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, what does Jesus say to Thomas? Mm-hmm. Thomas, put your hand into my nail marks right. and your hand into my side. So there's a significance of the reality of those wounds in the body of Christ, which continue to remind us of the sacrificial love of right, God, right. but it's also the nature of his human body at that state. Right. Um, so after he had the hands pierced and the side was lanced with the sword. Right. So it's really like that was the ultimate act of his during his human life. So that to me, that's then why he kept those wounds. Is that maybe a so it's very in the human body Renee way of saying it? Well, it's a beautiful way of saying it. It's a beautiful way of saying it's an expression of what the reality is right. in the body. Right. Just like there's an expression in the reality of our bodies mm-hmm. uh, that are part of who we are. Right. So, right. Right. Yes. Okay. It's a reflection of his identity. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a huge part of his identity. Huge Probably part of his identity of was his body was affected, right. and he had a human body just like us. And being able to see that still manifest uh, reminds us, of course, as well of the sacrificial nature. Right. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking to Bishop Donald DeGrew today on Easter Sunday, talking about Easter. Um, okay, so is there something about Easter that we all tend to kind of gloss over and forget mm. about? or anything. Hope you've had a chance to think about this one. Yeah, you know, uh, what it reminds me of is not unlike other things in our culture, even uh, secular things that mm-hmm. we might have in our culture. For example, let's say it's um, Halloween, mm-hmm. right? Or let's say it's uh, Christmas, mm-hmm. right? It can be like we have all of our parties and celebrations before the event comes, and then once the day hits, good. It's like, okay, we're done with that. Now we move on, right? True, yes. So can we gloss over uh, the beautiful celebration of Easter is to extend for mm-hmm. a period of time. Mm-hmm. And that period of time is intended to keep the celebratory nature of the resurrection right. and to stay in the joy. And that's why we have various things after, uh, for example, in the Christmas season, the baptism of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So it's a continuation of the celebration of Christmas uh, same is true for Easter. Right. So I used the example earlier of Pentecost, mm-hmm. right? So we look forward to Pentecost. So the celebration of Easter is not like, okay, Easter Sunday, good, we're all done, good, the relatives go home. Oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow, whatever. Take down all the Easter decorations. Take down all the Easter no. decorations. It's like Christmas. Yeah. We might decorate a lot up until, and then mm-hmm. maybe we celebrate Christmas and it's we can gloss over the fact that, hold it, this is really the beginning mm-hmm. of the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Same can be true for the Easter season, right. where it's, no, there should be a period of celebration, just as we've been uh, spending these 40 days in anticipation and preparation, so prayer, fasting, almsgiving, right. those things. Now it's time to be in a celebratory way as we remember the events, uh, which we know so clearly from Scripture, um, of the events that celebrate uh, the resurrection, mm-hmm. Jesus' appearance coming back. Yep. Pentecost yep. would be examples. Yeah. You know, I used to always put up my Easter decorations at the beginning of Lent uh-huh. and then take them down like right after Easter. So last year I didn't do that. I didn't put my Easter decorations up until like, I think it was Holy Saturday. Wow. I, mean, I was committed. That's awesome. <laughs> and 
And then I left him up for about a month or so. I don't so remember if I went to Pentecost. So what changed for you? Why would you have changed Because I worked that? in the chancery. And, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> well, and it We learned. And it always felt weird to have all of those really happy Easter decorations up during Lent when it's supposed to be kind of a more penitential, solemn time. And then you've got, you know, all these bright colors and Easter bunnies and all that stuff in your house. Yes. This is weird. Well, what's, right. what's beautiful about that, Renee, is it's a reflection of how we continue to learn as we go through right. our lives. So even if we've done that in the past, fine. But now you've learned something new, mm-hmm. and now there's a new understanding and a new opportunity to be had. Yeah. And so now you're just making changes to mm-hmm. how you decorate your home yep. as a reflection of the season. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we c- celebrate with Christmas, yeah. rather than taking it down right after the day after Christmas <laughs> or whatever. Yep. Uh, no, it's actually to remember this and to celebrate the gift of Christ in yep. the world. And same thing with Easter, hopefully. So I, I just see it as a great, great learning opportunity uh, for all of us. Yeah. To yeah. just We keep learning more about the faith and how to practice that, how to live yeah. that. So we reflect the reality of the season we're in. Absolutely. And it did make Easter feel different. I when bet I didn't it did. put those decorations up until right before. So, <laughs> um, so we will have just gone through Holy Week. And is there a mass during Holy Week that's your favorite, Holy Week or Easter? Mm. You know what? I mean, sometimes for priests really love the Holy Thursday mass, but what's yours? You know what? It it might sound really strange, but I like each one of the Holy Triduum. So Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil, for very different reasons. So I actually like it. What I would say now is I like that it's an extended period of time. I like that Holy Thursday is the celebration of the Institute of the Holy Eucharist Mm -hmm. and the Holy Priesthood. Mm -hmm. So the sacramental life, and of course that relates so much to who God has made me to be as a priest and now as a bishop. In being a priest and being the um, uh, agent that God chooses to use like other priests or bishops uh, in order to take the bread and wine and in the person of Christ that it becomes through the Holy Spirit, his body and blood, Mm -hmm. right? So. Celebrating those realities can be deep, deep spiritual things. Right, right. Um, but I remember too in the parish, for example, spending time after the uh, Holy Thursday, and then they strip the church mm-hmm. and everything, and it's like, okay, that's like Jesus. That's my part, which is is it? Weird. Yeah, it is. It's like this time it's alone because Jesus is alone in the garden, mm-hmm. and everybody fled. Right, the uh, the apostles because they were afraid, mm-hmm. understandably. Uh, so there's something I like about that. Um, the uh, Good Friday I like because it's it's just a real opportunity to reflect upon the reality of my own sinfulness, my need for God's grace, his love for me, mm-hmm. uh, and really entering into the reality of the crucifixion and the sadness, you know, that Jesus suffering and, you know, Mary's uh, suffering mm-hmm. and the others that right. knew and love him. Um but I have to say it's hard to beat the Easter Vigil. Uh, the Easter Vigil when all of a sudden the it's light the celebration. Breaks through, right? Light breaks through. <laughs> yes. It's darkness. I love the, that opening prayer. On this most holy night, mm-hmm. the start of that Easter Vigil, and the prayer texts that go, the blessing of the candle and the, and the, the blessing of the fire, the new life, resurrection. So mm-hmm. I love new life. Mm-hmm. I love spring. I love Easter. So... And then celebrating the sacraments right. with those who've been preparing, for example, uh, to come into the church, mm-hmm. so RCA candidates. Uh, there's something so rich and so beautiful about that liturgy, even hearing all, this, all the readings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the salvation history and reflecting upon. It's like this moment of delight because God has done an amazing thing and we're celebrating that reality today. Right, right. It's not like like a birthday, you remember it mm-hmm. and you, I don't remember it, right, in a certain way, <laughs> right. but we remember it as saying, well, that was an event that happened back then. It's not happening now. What's different in liturgical celebrations is like the Holy Eucharist happens every time because it's outside of time. Right. And so the Easter Vigil is this reality of happening right now in my life and the lives of these people, uh, whether it's the Holy Eucharist, whether it's the celebration of baptism and God's power through those sacraments. So mm-hmm. I love just living in the reality. Yeah. Is yeah, what I would say. Yeah. But Easter vigils, they're all <laughs> special, but boy, Easter vigils That's hard to one. beat. Right. All right. Well, we have a couple minutes left. So I think everybody would want to know if there is a Easter memory or it's not something when you were a kid with your family that you really loved about Easter. Well, I would say uh, Easter, not unlike the big uh, celebrations, uh, whether it's Christmas, for example, would be another uh, one. That was the day, of course, you know, everything was done on Saturday to spiff up everything, mm-hmm. our shoes and everything, because Easter was a huge deal. Right. Uh, so we'd go to Mass, and then we'd get to go over to our cousins, uh, which was on the same uh, farm. So there's two oh, houses right. yep. on the farm where my grandpa and grandma and my Uncle Donnie were. Mm-hmm. And we'd get to play with our cousins. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> And usually that meant lots of fun stuff, mm-hmm. right? And treats and candies. But I, another memory that strikes in my mind is on my other side, my, my dad's side of the family. We lived in a farm where there were two houses and my grandpa uh, and some of my aunts would come home. And I remember one Easter where they uh, hid, when we were little kids, uh, they hid an Easter basket. Oh, boy. And they gave us clues. Well, they had us <laughs> running from down to the mailbox all the way up to the pony shed all the way over to a Mary statue to, and the basket was on the front porch steps, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So of course, and they could watch it, right? They set it up so they could be sitting there watching us running all over the place, looking for our Easter Very basket. Very excited, I'm sure. So oh, yeah, yes. fun. <laughs> so as I tease the aunts, they took advantage of us when we were little kids and I uh, love to remind them of that to this day. Certainly a great memory. Uh, all those wonderful, just, beautiful celebrations in very human and uh, very supernatural ways. God's grace. Right. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Okay. So we are out of time, but since it's Easter and we have the Bishop here, would you please give us a blessing for the day and the rest of the Easter season? That'd be great. Happy to do that. And maybe I should give a little uh, encouragement for those aunts to go to confession for what they did to us when we were little <laughs> I kids. I had nothing too. to do with that. Uh-huh. So much All right. <laughs> in the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your graces and blessings in our life, the capacity to receive what is your life in us. Thank you for loving us so much that we can experience your own life and love and allow that to fill us so we can share it with others. May this Easter season, for all the listeners and all the people on the eastern side of South Dakota and throughout the world, be able to experience a newness of God's life and love in this Easter season. And may the blessed Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop, for You're being welcome. here with us. I really appreciate you taking time. I know you're super busy. So happy to do you. it. And happy Easter. Thank you. You as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, hope you all have a blessed Easter season. Uh, that is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music